0: Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. On today's show, I mean, come on now, this is one of the perfect times of the year. You got Halloween coming up, then you got Thanksgiving, then Christmas right behind it. It's so much going on. It's also so much going on in sports. On today's show, we're going to talk about these Vikings. They are five and one coming out to buy. The Cardinals look like they can be beat. We also have to talk about the Timberwolves. It's their season. Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns. There's something to this team, and I and I have, a, I have a, a sneaky suspicion, but there's something to this team that has to happen. I tweeted it last night. It has to happen every game, every single game. Every time I step on a pickup basketball court, I'm doing what I got to do to win games. Every single game, that this team wants to be dominant, it has to happen. I'll explain what it is coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show.
1: Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now, the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now.
0: Welcome to the Ron Johnson show and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. As I stated, the Timberwolves, another loss to the Spurs. The Trey Jones led Spurs, by the way, another Minnesota kid out there doing it, but the Trey Jones led Spurs. I said Tyus Jones or Trey Jones. At one point, one of them should have come back and been the point guard for the Timberwolves. Now you see why he's a facilitator, but the Timberwolves. There, there's a way they can win. This team can go be be the 4th or the 5th seed, basically replacing the Jazz. If you think about where the Jazz were every year with, with Donovan Mitchell, uh they were always right there. They were always the the 4th or the 5th seed in the playoffs. Uh always felt like they had a shot with Rudy Gobert and uh and and Spider Mitchell. Um but eventually somehow some way they found a way to lose whether it was injury, uh whether somebody couldn't stay on the floor. There's a way for this team to win games there's a way for this team to always win games And i'm talking about the timberwolves every single time but this has to happen but before i do that remember check out our locked on sports minnesota podcast on youtube following every twins vikings wild or wolves game our locked on team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders never miss a podcast by subscribing to locked on sports minnesota's youtube channel and you can always find us on amazon prime and Roku, there's now a Locked On Sports Minnesota app. Download it, you can get all our videos, all of our shows, everything you wanna know. But please just download those apps and watch us on those platforms. All right, now as I bring my uh, producer, and I'm trying to find my stats, but as I bring my producer into the show, Sam Ekstrom. Sam, there's a stat that I was looking at last night, and it's it's a basic stat, plus or minus, right? You want a guy that's trending upwards. You want a guy that you feel like we can win games all the time, and this is his game every time. You want a guy that is going to command the court. So when I talk about command the court, you got your LeBron Jameses, you got your Kyrie Irvings, your James Hardens, uh, you got your Kevin Durant, your Steph Curry's. When they walk on the floor, everybody knows whose team it is when they walk on the court. The problem with the Timberwolves right now, the way they're constructed. One or two things has to happen. One, Anthony Edwards has to become anonymous. He has to be quiet like, uh, like, like Ginobili. Like Ginobili, Parker, uh, you throw in Tim Duncan and, and David Robinson. Anthony Edwards is a superstar. He's a Steph Curry. Like he has that in him, I feel like. He can not say from a point scoring standpoint. I'm just saying from a persona. Again, maybe I fell in love with the movie Hustle too, too much. Maybe I liked him and Bo Cruz going back and forth. Maybe. But I feel like this kid can be a star. I feel like he can really walk onto a court and say, look, this is my show. This is mine. Like, I don't think anybody will ever be Kobe because Kobe is just Kobe. Kobe is a different, like, he's on a different planet. He's the same animal, but a different beast. Like, Kobe is legit different. But, and Michael Jordan, different planet. Don't even, can't even ever put anybody in those, on those, on those, uh, planets, you know? But when you think about Anthony Edwards, you think about Steph Curry, you think about Kevin Durant. Anthony Edwards is early on in his career. I do feel like his trajectory, if he were to stick to what he was doing in some of these games last year, he could could become that star in about four years. He could. Like, I think Donovan Mitchell was headed there, and then he kind of fell off with injury. Anthony Edwards wanted to stay healthy, but this is where I go with this, Sam. And you tell me your thoughts. Anthony Edwards has to... Has to be the leading scorer with Carl Anthony Towns every night. There's no nights you can take off. And D'Angelo Russell has to understand that. D scoring 25 points uh, late into the fourth quarter, who cares? Like you're a point guard. You're a point guard. Chris Paul never, Chris Paul only did that when he had to. And that means they're winning. And now he has to, like, he's getting that matchup that's killing it. D'Angelo Russell has to defer early on to Anthony Edwards to get him going, whether it's slashing, whether it's a little pick and give or pick and pop, uh, whether it's pick with the big man he rolls and he kicks it out to a shooter like Anthony Edwards because the defense is crashing. Everybody knows when a point guard that can take it to the hole and score, because he can, now everybody, they know. Nobody's on alert, they know. When you drive after a pick, everybody knows there's two options coming up. You either stop and pop, you keep going, or – and that's three options, sorry. Or you lay it up – or you throw it up to your big man or dish it off. So – and those two bases are the same. The the point guard scores or the big man gets it. So those are my two. But here's the third option that 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 the, I love it when you watch the Warriors. It's that pass and that extra pass. That's what this team needs to be. Like, whether it is with Rudy Gobert and he's kicking it out to Carlton. Towns. we know you can shoot. We know it now. Like, you, you've told everybody – like if, if you don't live anywhere in the world that has TV, then you don't know. But if you have a TV, you know Carlton Towns can shoot because he's going to tell you, I'm the best big man shooter in the world. And so, but make that secondary pass. Like make that next pass to Anthony Edwards so you can get him going so he can feel comfortable. He can feel that grab it, uh, knock it down. And, and he can't, like he can't have that type of night where he's scoring nine points, eight points, 10 points. Rudy Gobert has to have 10 plus rebounds every night one offensive rebound is not enough when you're seven feet like it's not enough you got to crash the boards every like as many misses as anthony edwards had those should have been all rudy gobert rebounds like i know a lot of them were, were bounced you know weren't weren't opportunistic bounces but you got to get back to the old school aau fighting or col or high school i mean sorry even fighting with your guy to box him out but you know just aggressive box outs early Locate a man, so the shots in the air, locate a man, box him out. The NBA at times becomes just let's stand around and see who can out jump who. You don't see a ton of like power box outs anymore. Like Charles Barkley used to box a guy out to the ball, hit the ground. Like we're not seeing that with some of these guys. Now when when it matters and it counts, you see guys get greasy in there. But not every time. And that's where I go with that, Sam. In order for the Timberwolves to be successful and win these games, Anthony Edwards has to be the leading scorer. What do you think?
1: Well, nine points is ridiculous for a player of his caliber. And when things are going the wrong way for the Wolves, like last night, they come out in the third quarter once again, and they're flat. And the lead goes from 10 to 15 to 20 to 25, and it's escalating. I need someone who can, A, create their own shot, and B, get to the basket. And there's nobody I trust more to do that than Anthony Edwards. Um, D'Angelo Russell is sort of an ISO jump shooter. He's a step back jump shooter. Carl Anthony Towns, he's a good catch and shoot guy, and he can do a little bit of driving to the basket. But I I like the freight train, Anthony Edwards, to take the ball on the wing, take a couple dribbles, and slash his way to the paint. That's the best way to stabilize a struggling offense. And you're not gonna get that from Gobert. you're not gonna get that from Russell. I don't know if Cat is skilled as skilled as Edwards in that regard. I want Edwards on ball saying, guys, I got it. We need a bucket. I got that for you. That needs to be the priority. Um, and I know Chris Finch has used the, the word sticky to describe how, how the basketball gets in this offense right now. There's a lot of guys that want to get fed. And I don't see the ball movement that I want to see. So I, I need... The pecking order just needs to be tweaked a little bit, Ron, and you're absolutely right. Edwards is too good to be stuck in single digits, um, especially when the offense is stuck in the mud and they need to pick me up. That needs to be Edwards who's getting them out of the funk.
0: Yeah, because when I look at these numbers, you know, I-, I talked about Trey Jones, got his 30 minutes last night, eight points. That's a solid point guard night. Like, he wasn't trying to do too much. His leading score. Uh, was Devin Vassell, you know, the shooting guard. He wasn't out there trying to do too much. And when you look at their team and the way they're constructed, it's not a name on that team that you're like, whoa, okay, the Spurs are coming. Like, like literally, I mean, you got Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sochin, you got Jacob, uh, was that Poteet? Or I don't even know how you say his name. Pertle. Uh, Pertle. 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 I, mean, I, I swear uh, to you, it's Pertle, even though there's no R. <laughs> right. I just. I literally just ha- I heard a joke about the letters, and I'm not even going to that. But bottom line, it was the funniest joke I heard because he said it, he imagines like when the G walked around all the letters, he was like, "Hey, man, I- I'm gonna just I'm gonna be silent. Like I'm I'm gonna be silent and all the letters. Like, but dude, what are you talking about? He's like, trust me, it's gonna confuse a lot of people. I'm just gonna stand next to you, not <laughs> say anything. Just stand there and let's see what happens. You know, like <laughs> like lasagna. Everybody's like lasagna." But and now we put we we're saying words we just made an R sound out of letters that aren't even there like oh my goodness but but Devin Vassell Trey Jones you know so when you when you look at that when you look at this roster and the way it's constructed this is just Spurs this is Spurs basketball a bunch of guys that aren't you know gonna be flashy you don't know who they are but they they have that culture built there they're gonna go out and play and so when you look at this on paper. There's nothing telling me the Timberwolves shouldn't win this game by 20. Like if I were a betting man and I were to look at this betonline.net, I'm pretty sure the the, the odds had to be in the favor of the Timberwolves. There's no way betonline.net had the Spurs, you know, a 10 point favorite uh, or a nine point favorite over the Timberwolves with the way this roster is constructed. Like if if it is, you know what, I, I will I will I will not drink orange juice for a week. Like there's no way that they had the Spurs. Uh, ahead of them and so when I look at this roster and then I go to the Timberwolves roster you know you got Cat 39 minutes, Jaden McDaniels 24 minutes, Rudy Obert 31 minutes, Anthony Edwards 35 minutes and then D'Angelo Russell 31. Now when I saw the nine points because I, I started watching it late when I saw the nine points and I saw Anthony Edwards sitting down kind of sulking on the sideline it looked like I thought he got benched. I was like oh he's having a horrible night they benched him and then when I looked at the stats I'm like no this dude played 35 minutes. Like 35 minutes and he only got nine points? 35 minutes, nine points? And then you look at D'Angelo Russell and he has 31 minutes and 25 points. Uh Jalen Noah, I know he was trying to get going at the end. They were they were trying to feed him some threes. Um and he wasn't hitting them. But like, come on, man. Like nine points. So in my mind, that means how do we get Anthony Edwards going? How do what what sets can we run that are that are very conducive to his scoring set? Like, what, what do we need to do? Like, I love what Doc Rivers said about James Harden. He's like, look, you're one of the best scorers ever, and everybody's showing the stat now where he's dribbled the ball like 1,500 times in the last, whatever, couple games, and the rest of the team's dribbled it 1,200 times. There's a the team can't dribble like him. Like, he's a killer. He's dropping bodies already. Like, he's already dropped two bodies with the Celtics, I mean, nasty dribbles. That's what Anthony Edwards can do. When you see uh, Jason Tatum and you see Marcus – Marcus Smart is a great defender, so he's not dropping no-name guy. Like, he's dropping superstars with – it. Now he missed the shot. He shimmied after he did it and then airball. Like, that's got to be the biggest fail. That's going to be one of those shacking of fools when you shimmy and then you airball it. But that's the problem. Like, that's that's what what Anthony Edwards needs to get to. I need that swagger. I need him to feel like, you know what, one-on-one, and I don't believe anybody can truly guard him one-on-one like one-on-one we saw him in the playoffs the boy goes crazy like b-a-n-a-n-a-s like I feel like he should just have Gwen Stefani sitting on the sideline when he gets the ball because he's going banana like he can go and so I I think that's just an off night again this is early in the season 82 games we got a long season I think I know they're going to be in the playoffs so I'm not worried about that um Pretty sure somebody if you want some early odds, take the early odds. Because BetOnline.net, take those early odds. The Timberwolves are making the playoffs. Whatever those, that, that prop bet, take it. They're making it. Like book that bet now and then cash it in later at the end of the season and thank me. But Sam, when we jump before mm-hmm. we jump into the next segment, uh, we don't have a guest today. So we're gonna do a little, I think you said over under. And yes. It's it's Vikings related. And just to let people know, the Vikings are five and one. They're having a a decent season. I mean, you would think I'd say 5-1 having a great season. No, it's decent. They have to get it figured out. But they're having a decent season. They're 5-1. The Packers lost to the Commanders. The Commanders are coming next after these Cardinals. Like, they got the Cardinals, and then they got the Commanders. And so I'm excited about these two next games because they're really going to show, like, this next one for sure is going to show everybody what these Vikings are about. And when you think about what the Vikings are about, what, what, what are they made of? Like, I think that's the goal for this team. So coming up next, we're gonna do a little un- over under and talk about what this five and one Vikings is really about. Am I gonna take the over or am I gonna take the under, but make sure you check out our football party on Mondays and Thursdays, get your Vikings fix with Arif Hasan, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Sam Ekstrom on the locked on sports, Minnesota podcast show also. Luke Inman's pretty exciting, according to the fans. So you might want to check that one out. Also, Amazon, Fire and Roku. Download those apps. You can get the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast network right on there. All your favorite shows, all your favorite segments. And now we have a word from our sponsors. Hopefully, folks,
1: you were on betonline.net watching that Vikings-Cardinals line early in the week because if you wanted to bet on the Cardinals, you got it at plus five. On Monday morning because the Vikings were favored by five. Now it's down to plus three and a half. So now it's time to bet on the Vikings because that line is down. They only have to win by four for you to cover and you can track that all week at your home for football betting BetOnline.net. all your sports wagering information. You can also get college football the start of basketball season and the World Series coming up phillies and astros ufc mma and golf as well every sport every line betonline.net track your favorite teams see how that line movement goes and get it on your mobile device as well BetOnline,
0: online where the game starts well now it's time for the over under segment sam extra is going to lead the way i'm just following i have no idea the questions you're going to throw at me i have no <laughs> idea what we're going to talk about also people comment like and share below let us know what you think about sam's questions are you on the over or are you on the under? Let's play along together. Take it away, Sam. All
1: right. I've got three over-unders for you. Give me the over. Give me the under. The first one around Kirk Cousins. Right now, he has nine touchdown passes, Ron. Kind of a low number considering what we expected. He's got 11 games to go. Last year, he had 33. So my over-under for you is 24. 24 touchdown passes the rest of the way. Will he match last year's total? Will he be
0: over it? Will he be under it? I'm going to go over for 24 touchdowns. I, I just think, again, that's 24 – or, sorry, that's nine touchdowns in an offense uh, that's, that's kind of been predicated on a lot of – like, we haven't shown everything just yet. Here, let me figure this out. And it was the touchdown to Adam Thielen. And what I liked about it was Kirk Cousins' eyes. Like, Kirk Cousins looked at Irv Smith. Then he scanned back to, so he went from one to two, one to two. And I loved it. I loved how quick he was. He was decisive. He was quick. So what Kevin O'Connell was learning as he's watching that film, this all by, he's like, man, you know what? I think it's time. I think it's time to give Kirk a little bit more here and there. And so I, I think over 24, that's an easy one for me. So he's got to have about two
1: per game. Then the rest of the way, and a couple games with three. And then he'll get uh it's 33. Coming. Just like last year. Like
0: I think the Giants game, Christmas, we're gonna get a treat this year. Like Christmas before Christmas Eve, uh, I think everybody was like, oh, really, the Giants on Christmas Eve, which we were hoping, like, oh, that's an easy win, so great. Everybody can enjoy Christmas after the Vikings win. It's not gonna be an easy one now. Saquon Barkley, um, but I think him and, and Daniel Jones, I say it's gonna be a duel because Daniel Jones, they do a lot of they do a lot of running. Like if you watch the, how they tried to close out their last Jaguars game, it's a lot of outside runs. It's a lot of power. It's a lot of pulling the guard to to run a kickback to Saquon. Uh Saquon's in the in the uh what's that thing called? The um the Wildcat. So and Daniel mm-hmm. Jones runs. So it's gonna be a treat as far as a good game. Uh hopefully we go home Thursday or whatever night that is. Uh is that Sunday night? I think, or Saturday night game, maybe I think. Uh hopefully we go home and everybody's happy. Yeah. And uh it doesn't ruin Christmas. So You know, I got my family coming to town then, Uh, so it'll be it'll be an interesting kind of game. We'll be late on the fan line, so that will be interesting too. Like how eggnogged up are people going to be on the fan line if the Vikings lose that game? But oh, they will be. I think it's coming. That will be a game where Kirk Cousins will have to unveil and be a Grinch to the Giants and just throw four or five touchdowns. So, I think it's coming.
1: Yeah, who knew the New York games would be circling on the calendar here, like almost in November? Um, All right. So you've got the over on 24 touchdowns for Kirk. How about this one? Justin Jefferson, he's at 654 yards. Now, we've, we've all been talking, mm-hmm. Ron, about 2,000 yards. That's been the, yep. the talk of the town all year. Can he get 2,000? So he would need 1346 the rest of the way with 11 games remaining. I can give you the math on that. So per game, Justin Jefferson would have to average – 122 yards per game over under
0: 1346 ah okay so I've been saying all year Justin Jefferson get 2,000 and if I'm wrong great like I I hope betonline.net starts to take odds on Justin Jefferson you know getting over Uh, but I think I actually said no I think I said the Cooper Cup which was uh what was it 18 something last year I think is what I thought he had to get like over 18 it was close. was close to 2,000 Was Cooper Cup 1964 or something like that? I think I said he had to have 1975 is what Justin needed. Yeah, I think it was 1964 and Justin had to have 1975. Justin is on pace right now for 1853. That's about 109 yards per game. I'm struggling. I think he can get to 1900. And this is the difference, though, too. So this is the one thing that I'm not taking into account. If this were a Mike Zimmer-led team and Justin Jefferson needed 200 yards against the Packers... And maybe 180 yards against the Bears to get to 2,000. Mike Zimmer doesn't care. I think Kevin O'Connell cares because now Kevin O'Connell has a 2,000-yard receiver, and he does something that Cooper Cup couldn't even do. So I'm talking myself back into it, but I'm still going to go with the under because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of teams, like I said, this is going to be a feast or famine type of team all year. Like it's going to be tough for him to every single game. Like he'll have over 100. But there's going to be some low, like 109, like right at it. So that's why I'm going like the 1,800, 1,900 yards. Like I think he can get to 1,900. I just think 2,000 is tough. But I do believe if he's on pace for 1,940, maybe Kevin O'Connell does. But it's not like a running back, and that's the difference. A running back, sometimes you can kind of force it or a guy that just needs catches. Like I've seen that where you just throw a bunch of jet sweeps or tosses in front of the quarterback. Hey, here's five. There's your five catches. You got Mm -hmm. the record. Now let's go play this game. I just it's tough to get yards like catches I could see I could see him forcing catches his way uh because I know that's what the Gophers did with Tyler Johnson when they were trying to break my record they gave Tyler Johnson a couple shovel passes he didn't need that but they were trying to break my record I know PJ that's PJ's petty he wanted to break that record um but you know I I think it's going to be tough for the yards
1: so you've got under on JJ over on Kirk let's do one quick defensive over under and then get into the daily three so Zadarius Smith Off to a nice Mm -hmm. start, five and a half sacks. His career high is 13 and a half sacks. So the over under Mm -hmm. is eight sacks for Zadarius Smith to tie a career high. Over under, eight sacks. I'm going to go
0: over. And this is why if he stays healthy, that's the caveat. If he's healthy, yes, he can go over. Because if you look at the games coming up, uh, the coach now, that becomes like that was a game that we were circling, like, oh, this is going to be a tough, like, the Colts now, it's going to be a like a, a cakewalk. Sam Ellinger is good, but he's not great. And that offense has been struggling. So when you look at teams like that, quarterbacks, Taylor Heineke, like Taylor Heineke can run. We do know that, but he also is like, it, it's going to be one of those where if you can confuse him and force him to run when he shouldn't run, like that's a Darius Smith day. Um, you look at Daniel Jones, that's definitely a guy that sits in the pocket. He can run though, but you can get to him and get a sack even on the like trying to do too much to scramble. Um, and that's what I'm, I'm just looking at the quarterbacks coming up. You got the Jets. That's a sackable quarterback. Uh, you still got the Lions and the Bears and the Packers. So yeah, I think I think eight. Because I, I feel like there's a two or three sack game coming in one of those. Like in, in the way teams are focusing on Daniel Hunter is leaving Desiree Smith a lot of times one-on-one. You're seeing a lot of TN twists where he's coming inside. Him and Daniel Hunter are coming inside, which that was the Teddy Bridgewater interception. To Patrick Peterson, Daniil Hunter was coming up the middle. Uh, so, yes, I think over eight, he can he can do that. What do you think? Well, Sam? I've got – Like, are you, where are you at with that? I,
1: uh, you know, I I worry about the health aspect of it a lot. So, I think that under, and I think maybe Daniil Hunter picks it up a little bit. I think after the Miami game, people are going to be focused on Tadarius Smith. He had one of the, the best mm-hmm. edge rusher games in the league this year with 11 pressures. Teams are going to take note of that. Teams are going to devote a lot of resources his way. Um, I think it balances out. I think he and Daniel kind of go back and forth for who's carrying the load, and they end both, both mm-hmm. end up around 10. Um, so I'm going to go under, but it's not that I don't like Sidarius I just think that he'll ebb and flow. He'll have games where he blows up. He'll have games where he gets shut down, kind of like Justin Jefferson. Um, but I'm <laughs> going to go under. Um, but I've got some more Vikings questions in the Daily 3. Should we jump into it?
0: oh yeah let's jump into it but before you do make sure you guys know that locked on sports minnesota is a proud partner with care 11. check out care11.com backslash locked on for links to every one of our locked on shows and check out superior sports talks reggie wilson bringing you the sports every night on care 11. and we have a word from our sponsors
1: it is almost halloween and that means you can get the built bar pumpkin pie puff with white chocolate Oh my goodness only 140 calories with 17 grams of protein unbelievable you can get pumpkin pie you can get mud pie toffee almond German chocolate cake built is laying it on thick this holiday season with some unbelievable flavors that you can get they are good and good for you high in protein low in calories and they're made with collagen protein, which the body just digests a little bit better. So head to built.com, promo code locked on 15 for 15% your off your order. Pumpkin pie puffs. Get a couple of boxes of that. It's built.com, promo code locked on15. Question numero uno, Ron, in the daily three. Thinking back to the mm-hmm. first six games, think position groups. Which Vikings position group? Do you think it's had
0: the best start to the season? I'm going to go with a group that doesn't get a lot of talk. And this is why I'm going to say the best. Uh, I'm going to start offensive line. Like, I think the offensive line is having a great start to the season. Like, Kirk Cousins is not under pressure a ton. Like, we're not saying this offensive line sucks. We're not talking about holds. Um, The worst thing that this offensive line has done was going to the women's bathroom and not leave. Like, that's the only thing that is – it's like the scarlet letter on this team. That's it. That's the only offensive line, like, media talk we've had. Uh, we got to get one of those guys on the show. Like, I, we'll take a center because I'm guessing he doesn't get a ton of, like, talk. I, I want to get the center on here, Sam. So let's do that next. But when you, when you think about the offensive line, Christian Derisaw, you got Brian O'Neill, you got Ezra Cleveland. Like, this team just jails. It just jails. Like, it, it, it it's working well. Now, the run game – has not been there as much, but this is not a running team. And now now I see, Sam, this is where I forget. We all forgot why Kevin O'Connell kept saying, oh, run-wise, they're okay. They're good. But they need to get better at pass because they pass the ball all the time. Like Kevin O'Connell knew what he wanted in his offense. Like he knew he needed this team to be an offensive-minded passing team. And he was – like he was saying, man, like the center, yeah, like he can run screens. Like he can – but he's got to get better in the passing game. Like he's – He's not doing well. And now we see why, because this is a, but ever since, I think that was a perfect challenge. Like they challenged and they stepped up to it. These guys are doing well. They're talking, they're having those conversations and you see them passing guys off. Um, Ed Ingram fits in with his team. You know, like we weren't sure what this draft class was gonna look like, you know, been a bright spot there. And so I gotta give it to offensive line. Like the receivers are doing good. Yeah, but they're not doing as good as we thought. The running backs are doing good, but we think Mm -hmm. Davin Cook should be having hundred yards a game. Um, the DBs, it's they're, they're giving up a lot. The, the, the defense is giving up a lot. They're bending but not breaking. Offensive line has been solid, so I got to go offensive line here, Sam.
1: I think that's the right answer. I think number two, the, the honorable mention here, is probably defensive tackle. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson yep. and Harrison Phillips, and I know one of them is the five tech, one of them is the nose. They've been really good. I think they've been the second most yep. impressive group. Uh, Harrison Phillips has been a great addition. I feel like they've done a nice job against the run lately. They started off a little rocky, gotten better of late, mm-hmm. and Dalvin Tomlinson's been a beast. Uh, he's probably one of the top 15 DTs slash five techs in the league right now. So I, I like that group. I like their edges. I think the trenches in general have been good on this team uh, with the D-line and the O-line. Another Vikings question as the Daily 3 rolls on. So outside of the Eagles, run. In this weird NFC, is there another team that you think is better than the Vikings? I know that the Giants technically have a better record now at six and one, but do mm-hmm. you think there's anyone who's above Minnesota in the NFC pecking order besides Philly?
0: Well, when I'm looking at the NFL standings right now, and we're just talking NFC because AFC, yes, like I, I look at the AFC and they're they're solid over there. NFC, you got the Eagles at the top and then the Giants there, so just for like you know purposes of the show i'm going to say right now i like the giants run game um i know late in the season the run game is what's more sustainable usually than the pass cuz you don't know you're like going to the packers you're going to have to be able to run the ball like you can't throw in that weather sometimes if it's super cold or the you know if it's raining or the ball's frozen we've seen that a couple times on there in the frozen tundra um seahawks trash um and then the Buccaneers, Falcons, Panthers, saints. So no, other than the giants, there is not like, again, the Cowboys are coming here, so we'll see. And the Cowboys are in a tough division now too. That's part of this. They're five and two in their third. Uh, the commanders are three and four in their last. If you were to put them in the NFC South, they would be first. So like, that's, that's where the NFC has completely flipped on his axle. Like at one point, the NFC East was trash and the South. Was the best because of the Bucks. Really, that was really it. The Bucks and Saints, I guess you'll say, because the Falcons, and the Panthers have struggled as of late. Um, and now you look at the NFC uh, East. It's the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys. Like the the Giants, people like talk bad about the Giants for a while, but they forget the Giants had a good run when Eli was there. Like Michael Strahan, Eli Manning. Like those teams were solid. Jeremy Shockey. Like it was some solid teams. So they're just getting back to what they were. My guess is the Giants are going to have their Super Bowl team. Everybody's going to have their Super Bowl teams. I saw the Ravens with Ed Reed. I just saw the Broncos with Byron Chamberlain. Like, all those teams are now having their Super Bowl teams come back and be honored. Um, Oh, yeah, the Vikings. I was there. Yeah. We're not going to. We can play some sad music there. But Vikings can't have their Super Bowl team come back. But. I always think about the Sheryl Crow. I don't know if that Sheryl Crow or whatever song, you know, the music they play when they always try to get you to uh, save animals. That <laughs> – <laughs> I don't know whose song that is. Uh, but the name, anyway, Joel. but when you talk about, like – exactly, yep. When you talk about the Super Bowl uh, teams and what they used to be, the Giants are trying to get back to that. So, no, I, I will say not really. There's not another team better than them. I think they can beat the Giants. Timber's not going to matter when they come home because it's it's the weather. They You know, it's no weather. If
1: that Cowboys offense comes alive with Dak, I'd be worried about them. Like, look, this is the point totals they've allowed this year on defense. 19, 17, 16, 10, 10, 26 against Philadelphia and six. So they've only allowed more than 19 points one time. So that's a good defense. Um, I'd be worried about that when they come to US Bank Stadium. Last one. If you were Ed Donatel, Ron, what would your game plan be against Nuke Hopkins on Sunday? He torched the Saints on Thursday night in his first game back. Yep. How are you going to defend him? Who are you going to put on
0: him? What kind of coverage are you going to use? Nuke. Nuke is back. Um, so it's, it's tough because you don't want to overplay and then leave Kyler Murray running around like a little baby looking for a pacifier. Like you can't. You can't leave DeAndre Hopkins, but you can't triple team him. What I, I honestly, what I would do, uh, when you look at the routes they run, DeAndre Hopkins, a lot of his routes are going to be digs. They're going to be overs, and then every once in a while, when he catches you in some kind of man coverage, he want he does want to run the go route, and he's one of the best when it comes to the jump ball. Super big, strong hands, attacks the ball at the highest point, can get off the ground. For, you know, he's a hooper. He's a he's a guy that has hops. Um, no, you know, no play on words, D Hop, but. Um, when you when you think about that defense, what, what Ed Donatel needs to do is get Kyler Murray off his spot. Kyler Murray has struggled when he's off his spot. And, and he, we know he scrambles anyway and they run and move him out the pocket. But when you can make him a little antsy, but not and, – and when I say get him off his spot, don't get him off his spot to where, like, you're thinking Carson Wentz. Like, he can – you know, good, we got him out the pocket. No, you don't want him out the pocket. You just want him off his spot. Like, when he has to move a little bit, but he's in the pocket. That's when Kyler Murray makes mistakes because he's moved like he, he backs up to the point where he knows he has vision down the field. But when you start to get those big guys in front of him, the hands up, and he can't see and then he has to move a little bit, that's where Kyler Murray makes mistakes. But when he moves, you got to keep him in the pocket because if he runs and you don't have a spy like an Eric Kendricks or a Brian Osamo in the game or a Cam Bynum spying that guy, making sure like when he takes off, you're ready. Like you're in trouble because he can he can get 15, 20, 30 yards on a run. Um, he's very fast, very elusive. Um, but if I'm at Donatel, I'm going to come after him. But I'm going to come after him strategically with four or five. I'm not going to try to send the house uh, because you don't want to do that and then leave D Hop completely manned up because we know it's just going to be a jump ball. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give that corner whether it's Cam Bynum. Or it is or sorry, uh Cam Dansler, or it is uh Patrick Peterson. I'm gonna give them a little help. Like if I know we're in some kind of bunch, I'm gonna keep a safety over the top in that deep third. Uh if I'm gonna go quarters, I'm gonna keep a I'm gonna keep a corner safety over the top of them. Like I'm gonna try to keep them in front of us, you know, play that game, let them throw outs, let them throw curls, let them throw drags, you know, keep them in front and then make the tackle and then force Kyler Murray to beat you on a 15-play drive. I don't think they can do that. They, they want the big play. That, that offense is built on big plays, explosion. Cliff Kingsbury is struggling right now to dial it up. You see that like in these games. Without the defense, they don't win. Some of these, they definitely don't win the Saints game without that defense. So I, I think that's the key is you have to keep him in there but move him off that spot. Keep him in the pocket but move him off the spot so that way he can't really find DeAndre Hawkins on time because then when he's moving, he's, he's bound to make a mistake.
1: Hopkins and Patrick I Peterson, know, scared, teammate, teammates in yeah. 2020. I, I, I'm a just a little scared of this looking like the Eagles game. Like I, I feel like Murray has the mobility of Hurts, and they've kind of got the speed at receiver that uh, Philadelphia does, where they could just find a lot of soft spots in this defense if the Vikings play loose, and mm-hmm. they could just move down the field at will. Remember, they scored 33 on the Vikings last year, so I am a little bit scared, but – um, I like the Vikings are at home, and the Cardinals have not really been playing that well until Thursday.
0: So we'll we'll see what Cardinals team shows up. Yeah, I know Matt had a stat. We'll bring that up tomorrow, but, you know, 0-10 when the Cardinals come to Minnesota. Like, that's 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 a good stat. Uh, hopefully, I, I don't like stats like that sometimes because I feel like you jinx it. Like, <laughs> you know, you keep talking about it. It's, <laughs> it's bound to be broken. Uh, like Kirk Cousins, we talked about the Monday night Prime time. eventually he won, he finally won. Like they broke the curse. And so yeah. hopefully, you know, this is not one of those that breaks and they go 0-11 when they visit Minnesota. And remember, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conferences delivering all the biggest news. Like our videos and leave your comments in that section below. Let us know what you think, whether you agree or disagree. Are the Vikings a top two team? in the NFC right now. Let us know what you think and have a great day.